0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Riding Unicorns, the podcast that celebrates high growth businesses and the people behind them. Today we're delighted to have Natasha Thomas, co-founder of Lockdown Liquor and the founder of Total Management Group. Thanks very much for coming on Natasha.
1: Hi James, thanks so much for having me.
0: No problem at all. So it'd be great to understand a bit about your career to date in the run up to launching Lockdown Liquor and how that helped you to get off to such a great start.
1: Sure. So I set up Ted Management Group in 2006, it seems like such a far time away now, which started as more of an experience-led business. So we were offering really unique experiences. So things like taking corporates to Fashion Week or to Music Awards, things like that. Um, And at that point in, in time, no one was really doing things like that, or certainly not many. So I picked up some pretty good clients very quickly. And in these early stages, we were really formalizing and shaping what sort of business Total Management Group really wanted to be. And I think those early years really helped massively. As to what we became later, I think people always are really surprised to say, gosh, you've been around since 2006 and we've only heard about you in these last few years. And I I always say that those early years were just so relevant to how and what we became at a later point. Because I think had I tried to achieve and build a business back then with the knowledge I grew on that journey, I think I wouldn't have built the business that we are today. So there was a lot of really key things that came along the way that helped us formalize Total Management Group. And I think things like in 2007, we onboarded um, American Express, which was one of the really thought-after clients back then. And we were very lucky that they kind of came to us and really wanted us to execute all their experiences for their clients and members. So that was a really exciting um, moment for, for the group. And then... Off the back of that, we went into more of an event-led division in 2008, which saw us formalize that events service line. And that really took us a little bit more away from the experience-led part of the business and catapulted us into that events sector as such. That obviously took some time. So when we kind of knuckled that down, we were happy with what we've put together. And then in 2012, we set up our New York office, which... At that point in time was the perfect time to really enter into the U.S. space. And I think it was really a real pivotal moment for Total Management Group because suddenly all our clients that were using us through their London offices could now use us in their U.S. hub. So it was a definitive turning point for the business. Then probably by 2012, Jack, my husband, he had been playing um, professional rugby at that point, he unfortunately had to had his career cut short due to injury. So he actually came into the group as a director, and he really wanted to develop something within Total Manager Group that he could really drive forward and own. And he and myself talked at length about what that could look like, and we developed a travel sector within the group. It's a billion dollar industry, and it really gives you a different kind of level of opportunity because events does regrettably have a relatively you know there is a ceiling that you can reach in that point but I think with travel linking it to kind of the event sector can really actually give you a whole different marketplace and potential so we launched our travel sector in Um, 2014, which was super exciting and a real, again, another turning point for the business. There's a lot of travel agencies, there's a lot of event agencies, but not many were doing that 360 service-led all-in-one. So the business really started to pick up speed, I'd say, in 2015, and we onboarded some very significant clients, predominantly in the tech sector, and this launched us into an entire new, bigger playing field. And we were starting to really be considered and recognised as a leading event and travel provider, especially in the space of group travel, which where you're moving 500 plus people around the globe to different events, offsites, conferences. And I think it really started to take shape for us probably during that time. And then I think where travel management had its main turning point, probably I think probably back end of 2018 we were um, announced as being in the 28th fastest growing business in the UK. And that suddenly gave us a huge amount of recognition that we hadn't really seen before. We were building our team and it was a very exciting time for total management all around. And I think, we were, we were, I think we've been named now three years exactly within the fast track as being one of the fastest growing businesses. So it was a great achievement. And suddenly where I'd set up the business literally on my kitchen table and now we're a £20 million business, that to me was you know, a huge um, turning point and a very exciting time to be able to have seen something go from having such a small amount of revenue to building itself into this kind of relatively big, big business. And like every other business, we pulled into 2020 with everyone kind of thought it'd be the same year as we'd always have. And I think we all were talking about you know, targets, growth, All those plans, I think, were shattered when COVID hit. And I think everyone was just grounded. And certainly in our sector, things did come to a grounding halt. Travel basically stopped, aside from a few isolated periods in the year, where we saw travel take place in the leisure sector with vacations across the UK, and a few limited European trips taking place. We learned quickly that travel was not going to be picking up until, I think, really, realistically, we're talking probably, mid 2021 if not into 2022 to really see any kind of traction happening there again so as a business that was a it was a big hit for us you know there's no denying that and we quickly had to you know reshape our travel team which you know would spend so long really investing in our team and making sure that we were Building out our services and then bang, this hit. And, and it was unexpected, and we really were caught very short on it all. But we had a little bit more luck on our side of the event sector. As, as I said as I previously mentioned, majority of our clients are within the tech sector. Um, so they we were lucky enough that they relatively had big budgets still and wanted to switch to doing large virtual events rather than those big live events that they were used to doing. So our team quickly switched lane as such, and we were doing some pretty big virtual events, which for us was actually the lifeline that we were lucky to, to get to, to allow us to trade out of this pandemic as best we could in relatively good shape compared to, compared to many. So, yeah, we're very, very thankful to that. So that's where we landed with total management at the start of this year, which I think then leads me probably quite nicely into lockdown liquor.
0: Yeah, that would be great. You've spotted so many different opportunities along the way and managed to be nimble at taking those opportunities and grabbing them with both hands. So that's amazing. And that probably leads you into lockdown liquor because that was another opportunity that you spotted. Yeah.
1: And by no means, like, we were not looking to set up another business. Like, it, we were still are very much. Our attention is on Total Management grief. By no means. We are just pushing that forward and rebuilding and refocusing. However, we found ourselves like everyone else. We were in the depths of a pandemic during the first lockdown. And I don't know about you, but it, it felt a lot more a critical back. It seemed a lot more real the first lockdown. I think everyone was very much insular. And we were like the rest of the world. We were at home with our three young kids, homeschooling, managing our team as best we could with total management. And we were having these weekly Zoom calls with a group of friends. and. It was a simple thing that I I, I think we had them, you know, every Friday, even if I remember correctly. And Jack said to me, what we should do is we should create or blend some cocktails and then drop them on each of the doorsteps. And then when we have our call on the Friday, we can all have these cocktails. And I was like, that sounds great. Ah, gosh. It's like, we've got nothing else to do. We've got three kids, but don't worry. We'll add that to our plate. No, I'm joking. It was all good. And then he was like, and we should call it Lockdown Liquor. And I was like, that is genius. That is, that's such a great name. I said, Lockdown Liquor. I said, you know, that's, that's, I love that. So off he went and we ordered some bottles off. I don't know where he got them. I think Amazon probably. And these bottles arrived and he's really, really into design. So he, you know, created these like really cool labels. And he was like, he really went to make these like blended cocktails look, uber great, and dropped them off at um, our friend's doorstep as such. And we had the museum call, and everyone like, these cocktails are fantastic. One of my friends said, is there any way that they could get a bottle? They'll pay you. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's fine. We'll make a bottle and hand them over to your friends. No problem. But then we suddenly had a, a bit of a light bulb moment. We were like, well, why don't we make the cocktails, sell them, and then we'll give all profits to NHS charities together? And it could be a really nice initiative for NHS, and you know, just it's just something nice to get back. And at the start, it was purely for friends and family. So we were making this stuff at home. It was just like this really simple initiative. However, I didn't realize the power at the time, but like social media is a phenomenal place. It was just insane how quickly a few of my friends who probably got a relatively high following for sure. They were like posting these lockdown liquor cocktails. And if we knew it, like we were getting messages and messages. And I think our second week, we probably had about 300 orders. And we were like, wow, okay, that's a lot. That's quite a few lines to squeeze. So we were doing everything at this moment in time in-house. So we quickly realized, well, hang on, we need to do this professionally and, and actually get it set up officially as a business. We quickly moved into a corporate space that was available next to where our offices are for total management and we set Lockdown Liquor up as a business. We were lucky that we had some team on furlough at the time from total management so we took them off furlough and put them full-time onto Lockdown Liquor and we then did the usual got everything licensed and that actually was probably the time period that did slow us down a little bit because there was a certain amount of licensing that you need to get which were obviously making sure that we were all compliant with everything. And then we decided, okay, let's see what this looks like. At the start, we're very much just doing social media. So we post and suddenly it would get reposted and the demand grew and grew. I've never seen a brand grow so quickly. And then we suddenly switched from the B to C e-commerce site um, where it was just people buying our product on Shopify effectively. And then we had this huge influx of corporates. And that really showed us with that kind of B2B market, a lot of corporates were coming to us saying, you know, they were doing either like client gifting or again virtual events or marketing activations. So we probably, over the course of the six, seven months that we've seen, we've probably worked with 70 different brands. But we've worked with some phenomenal brands and they've been so supportive. And they actually they just love the product. And I think it's just such a nice, product to give or use at a virtual event or for a marketing campaign. It just works really, really nicely. We then realized quite quickly that actually this really be- could become something quite spectacular because we were growing at probably 200% at this point. And I felt like we had a line by its tail. We were just trying to keep up and the demand is still there and still growing there's still so much opportunity for lockdown liquor and we've been very honest and transparent in terms of we're business savvy but this is by all means a very new sector for us i'm not a liquor expert i you have i scaled a brand a drinks brand no and not only not have i not scaled a drinks brand but we're now sitting in a very new sector so this pre-blended cocktails is a new category that is relatively new to the liquor space. So we're not only having to learn as we go to some level, but we're also having to understand how this new category is developing. But in some ways that definitely has its upsides because we've definitely come out of the gates fast and we've definitely made a name for ourselves and people are definitely recognizing our brand and actually It's been quite interesting. Some of the biggest players within the sector are coming to us and and saying what you guys are doing. It's really interesting. Your product is super interesting and how you've marketed and how you've managed to get it in front of so many people without having to pay huge marketing and advertising spend. That comes down to our skill set and the team that we've used and pulled from TM to help us drive that forward. So we've been a little bit advantageous in terms of we're not your everyday startup. We hit this head on and we're like, okay, this is our three-year plan. We're going to model out our numbers. We know how to scale a business. What does the next three years look like? What do we want to achieve? What's our growth plan? And we had a very informative view of what we wanted to achieve. We were very lucky then, probably about two months ago, We had um, a very interesting um, offer from an inbound angel investor, for want of a better word. He's a seasoned angel investor and he, he spotted what we were doing and actually was like, what you guys are doing is really, really special. I want to come in and be part of that and support you guys. So he came in at a good time for us as an early investment, and we actually released 8% equity within that deal, which was a super exciting point of time for us. Again, you know, this, at this stage, the business was six months old. So to have the opportunity to not even have to run any crisis or funding kind of rates, we had this incoming opportunity, where, where it, and it all happened relatively quickly, and it really helped us then to push the brand forward and give us that opportunity to bounce it forward at, at a much rapid pace than you would normally do with a startup. But one thing that's worth mentioning as well, with this inbound investor, we were introduced to Founders Pledge and it's a community of entrepreneurs uniquely committed to giving um, with the assistance and resources of Founders Pledge. And we as a business um, will be supporting solutions and, um, to research companies and charities aligned to Lockdown Liquors brand DNA with a focus of uh, pandemic and COVID-19 related initiatives. And for us, what's been really important to note is that the business was, I guess, conceived during a pandemic. And at the start, we were giving funds to NHS charities together. But we wanted to kind of do something in a much bigger, meaningful way. So we've actually pledged uh, a share value of the entire business to Founders Pledge. And for me and Jack, that was so important to have that attachment to how we were conceived and our brand values and making sure that we were giving back because we were lucky enough to be able to build a business during a really horrendous time for most. I just didn't seem fitting to be just benefiting from that and not giving back to others and helping. So that was a really key piece for us um, and something that we're, we're super excited to be partnered with Founders Pledge.
0: Yeah, Founders Pledge is a great program to be involved with. And I think a lot of investors now encourage founders to, to sign up to it. So just to take a slight step back to the, the transition from mixing in your kitchen to setting up the sort of manufacturing process. So is that happening in the office next to the total management group? And how did you know what equipment to get, where to get it from, all of those kinds of operational challenges?
1: Sure, sure. When I say office, it's, it's a unit. So it's a cleared out unit effectively. And within the unit, we have an operations section where we have our pick and pack team, um, which basically distributes all the, all the boxing and packs everything and to make sure that's all distributed um, safely. And then the second unit would be where we blend and that's where we're infusing all our liquor. And we've got a team of mixologists who have seasoned experience to blend and produce our cocktails so everything what we've created is based on ingredients mm. and a cocktail flavor that myself and jack are very passionate about so we love tequila so we really wanted to create a version of that tommy's margarita spicy picante and create something fun and nice and make cocktail drinking more of an adult drink rather than just those kind of sugary Cocktails that people can sometimes relate to from back in the days of uni days. I think I think about them. Um, but going back to the question in terms of setting up the premises. So as we speak, we're actually moving our entire premise into our own plant. So we're just taking on a huge plant effectively, where we will be able to produce a huge amount of liquids. And a lot of businesses, a lot of liquor companies, They outsource to bottling companies, so you can have a variation of different um, companies that you'd basically give your ingredients to and they create it and then bottle it and that's it. We really wanted to keep everything in-house and keep control of the flavor and keep control of being able to do runs when we needed to, to our production runs. Having a tight control of that is super important, especially when you have a brand that needs to be ready to go and if we have an order to come in and we're like okay well we need three thousand units then we need to be able to be able to deliver but if you're working with an outsourced production company you have to wait in line so for us it was super important Um, and a big big part of the investment for us was to build out the plans to make sure the production ran as efficiently as it possibly can we're ready to shift our full team over there we're bringing on a well-seasoned uh, commercial director who's got a huge amount of experience to help us you know, strategize and drive the brand forward. So yeah, so I think it's served a purpose for you know, where we are now for a certain time period. And you know, it's definitely been fine, but we're ready now to take transition to that next stage.
0: Yeah, that's going to really be exciting for 2021. So you've obviously shown that you guys as a team have really developed the skills to execute and execute very quickly. What do you wish you'd known back in 2006 when you were starting out on this entrepreneurial journey that you wish you'd known back then that you know now?
1: I've learned, I think, over the years is you learn how to handle pressure a little bit better. And I've learned to be a bit more transparent and open when sometimes, you know, you don't know all the answers and as a leader, it's sometimes and very hard to do to actually show that vulnerable side of yourself. I'm lucky to have some you know great friends who I work with within different industries that I can talk to, bounce ideas from. I have that sounding board and I get advice on things, you know, outside my own team, my own leadership team who I work with. I think at the start, I wanted to do everything and I thought I could do everything and I, I was the only person who probably knew the best way forward. And I think I've quickly learned that you are basically reliant on other people helping you do the best job that you can possibly do. And I think some people make that mistake. It's a sign of weakness if, you know, you bring someone in who knows far more than someone than you do. And they feel a bit like, oh, well, I feel a bit compromised by that. But to me, that's a huge um, bonus. And I think I've learned to deal with that. And when you bring someone into your leadership team, who can actually teach you things, and learn, you can learn things from them. And I think that's been a real turning point for me, is to accept that sometimes I don't know it all. I think and that allows you to be able to delegate. And I think, as I said to you before, I've got three young kids, and I definitely couldn't have done it all had I not had the team supporting me and allowing me to do both. And I think So many people say, you have to choose your career or your family. And to me, that just drives me crazy because I'm like, it doesn't have to be a choice. You just have to be really clever in terms of how you manage your time and how you switch things over. And it can otherwise become a bit of a blended. And I think, which is great to some capacity, but you also need to know, right, there's certain things that I need to do and I need to switch off and I will spend my time in the evening with my kids and do bath time and do read them a book and you know spend that quality time with them and i i won't move on that so i i'm not gonna i won't do meetings and no matter what comes up i'll say no because this is why i can do both because i know when to draw a line on either way so my time my family is my time with my family my time at work i'm fully committed fully in it but i think that the mistakes sometimes people make is they try and Blend the two, and it becomes another messy, and
0: yeah, absolutely. And it's such a good feeling when someone else is pulling in the same direction as you but is bringing fresh ideas and energy to to a certain Mm -hmm. part of the business. So, what's next for Lockdown Liquor and Total Management Group? What's the big plan in 2021?
1: So, yeah, so Lockdown Liquor, firstly, super exciting 2021. I think it's going to be a real exciting year for us. I think we're moving into the new plant, like I said we are talking to one of the largest distributors to look to help us roll out the brand across uk european and the irish markets which will be a game changer for us and i think it will really push our product front of mind and i'm hoping that we can become one of the market leaders within that cocktail pre-blended um, new sector space so we're super excited we're in talks we're trying to find the best move forward. For me, it's so important that we don't compromise the brand and exhaust it to some level. And I think we have to have that fine line between growing at speed, but not where it does compromise what you're doing. And suddenly you overscale it too quickly and you can't deal with production or your team just can't deal with the scalability of it all. So it's really about making sure that our plan is well thought through and we do still grow at speed, but we're not compromising everything that we've done to date. And does that we don't ruin all the good work by just trying to be too greedy and trying to take on too many territories. And I think there's a fine line between that. So the the company we're talking to is very, very, very experienced. So I'm hoping that with the two of us together it will be really a, a good match. And then with total management obviously i feel like total management is my fourth child so i think people always presume oh tash and jack now i've locked down liquor what, what are they going to do with total management which is just crazy this business we've spent so many years building it and it's so important to us and yes obviously it'd be strange for me not to recognize that this year has been really hard and we've gone from being in a 20 million pound business to we're going to be our revenue be understand will be a lot lower this year However, we have worked really hard to build a really great recovery plan. And I do think when we come out of 2021, we will be back to trading to our pre-COVID numbers. And we have a good good read back out of this. And to me, keeping your eye on the ball, keeping our team motivated, making sure that they feel they're still part of it and just pushing everyone forward in a really optimistic way and hope hope, hope for the best. I, I do think that, events and travel sector will certainly the events sector will see a huge boom and hopefully we'll be waiting there to pick up all all this new business
0: brilliant well that's a very positive note to end on and uh natasha where do people need to go if they're looking to get a lockdown liquor christmas present
1: yes so sure so lockdown liquor is available on our e-commerce site which is lockdown-liquor.com so you can buy all blends online And also, actually, I should say we are stocking in Liberties now, so it's on the shelves there, which is really exciting. And also in the Conrad shop, um, and then we go into, we're all going to plan into Selfridges in January, so people can buy it online or if they're out the and about shopping, pop into Liberties or the Conrad shop and buy there.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Natasha.
1: Great. Right, well, thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to chat.
0: A great episode there and a really inspirational story. And I think a good lesson for all of us when you see something working to really double down like Jack and Natasha did with Lockdown Liquor. You may have noticed we've had a quick rebrand ahead of 2021 and we've got lots of great guests coming in the new year. So happy Christmas and good luck to everyone. See you in 2021.